good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Red and Blue and Review. Uh, my name is Ian Noble. I'm sitting in, of course, for uh, Nick Philpot this evening, who is driving a bus somewhere around South London. And of course, uh, Jell Holyoke, he's not here either. He's uh, sunning himself on a beach somewhere, I think Cape Verde. But I'm joined by the A-team tonight, a uh, great bunch of people. With me again, like last week, Jim Cannon, Acker the Ledge. Welcome, Jim. How are you? I'm very well, Ian. Thank you very much. Yourself? Excellent. Excellent. Good to see you. You'll be wanting appearance money soon, coming on this show so often. <laughs> very good. And welcome back, Mitchell Patel. How are you, Mitchell? Yeah, I'm good. Happy after uh, the weekend. Absolutely. Happy after the weekend, of course. And Lucy Usher, uh, great to see you. Sometimes behind the camera, but in front of the camera tonight. So that's wonderful. Yeah, face for radio, Mr Noble, face for radio. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> Thank you not. for having face me for here. Face for Palace podcast. <laughs> and of course, we're all happy tonight because we're, I'm still bouncing after the win at the Taxpayers Stadium yesterday. Goodness me, what a fantastic win. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, last minute winner. And we're going to be unpacking that game for you guys um, a little bit later on on the show. Really good to see so many people joining us. And Lucy's going to keep an eye on that chat this evening. Now, one thing we're going to do tonight, and we're not going to let Jim off lightly, we're going to make him earn his beer money. Uh, we want to put some quick fire questions to Jim Cannon tonight. So if you've got any questions for Jim, which we'll come back to at the end of the show, then um, put them in the chat and uh, Lucy will make a note of them and we'll come back to them later and ask Jim those questions. So before we go on to the game, though, I just want to cover off some of the other team's results this weekend. Um, you know, on the Red and Blue Review, we like to uh, talk about not just the first team, but other teams as well. Um, sadly, the women didn't play this weekend. Their championship game was waterlogged, uh, called off. So no fixture for them this weekend. Um, on Friday evening, the under-21s played on the hallowed turf that is Selhurst Park against Leicester City. And we have a certain Julian Speroni back in the dugout for the under-21s. And the uh, youngsters drew nil-nil with Leicester in Premier League 2. And then on Saturday lunchtime, I think it was, the uh, youngsters, the under-18s, were away at Leeds United. And as you can see there, they were on the wrong end of a seven-goal thriller. and lost 5-2 in a cup match, I think it was, the League Cup. So unlucky to them. So they're the other results from the weekend. And we also like to keep an eye on our loan players. They're out on loan elsewhere. And, of course, it was FA Cup weekend, uh, first round of the FA Cup. How did they do? Well, uh, Jez Ragsaki, uh, he was not part of the Charlton squad that won 4-1 over Colville Town. See how the mighty clowns are doing so well. They play Colville Town in the FA Cup. And um, JRS was um, not played. So I wonder if he's um, we're just holding him back, maybe. Maybe we'll want him for a cup to ourselves later on in the competition. Uh, Scott Banks, however, came on in the 68th minute for Bradford in their 1-0 reverse at home to Harrogate Town in the Cup. Uh, in Scotland, uh, Remy Matthews was not in the St. Johnson squad, but uh, Malachi Boateng played all 90 minutes for Queen's Park. They lost away 2-0 to Cove Rangers, and no relation, David Boateng came off the bench for them as well. Um, what else can I tell you? Um, oh, back to the FA Cup. Rob Street came on for Shrewsbury in the 62nd minute as they won 2-1 at home to York City in the Cup. And in uh, Belgium, Luke Plonge and Jake O'Brien both started for uh, Molenbeek in their 1-0 away win on Friday evening. So that's a quick roundup of our lone players 
and uh, it's good to keep an eye on those guys. So, breathe. West Ham United away. Guys, honestly, what were your expectations um, going into this game? Then we'll look at the team lineup in a minute. But Jim, first of all, what were your expectations going into that game yesterday? Well, I think on the last show, we all gave our results and uh, mine was 1-0. But I was only four seconds away from getting that. But <laughs> very, very happy not to get it. Uh, I hope you yeah, weren't too... I hope you yeah, weren't too yeah. disappointed that your prediction didn't come in. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I felt a, a, a point would have been a good result there and three points against Forrest. But uh, obviously the result was uh, much better than we... Well, I can't say we didn't expect it because we, we are a decent side. So, but yeah, it was a, a, what I saw, the 20 minutes highlights, we looked exceptionally good. Good stuff. Okay. Before we come to anyone else, let's have a look at the team, uh, Nigel, if we can. Nigel's producing tonight. So there's the lineup. So Guita in goal. Uh, Klein came in at right back for Joel Ward. Gahey, Anderson, and Mitchell made up the back four. Midfield, Slup, Decore, and Eze. Good to see Checky Decore back in the side after injury. Michael Alise and Ayu played alongside Zaha. Zaha in a central role. So let me come to you, Mitchell Patel. Um, okay, what were your thoughts about that lineup, and how did you think about Wilf starting in 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 the in the sort of uh, in a false nine, really up top? Um, I guess um, looking at the team sheet, it's probably the team I would put out, with the exception of probably keeping Zaha out wide, and obviously Edouard, who's on a bit of a goal streak. That's the strongest Palace side I think we've got. So. Uh, happy with that. Obviously, Edouard is out um, and he's obviously chosen to go with Zaha rather than start with Mateta up front as a out-and-out striker. So, you know, it's it's about as strong as we get um, and it allows us to play, you know, the attacking football we do. So I was quite optimistic when I see that. Good. And what do you think that says to um, Jean-Philippe Mateta? You know, he, he must have been quite disappointed he didn't get a start yesterday. Yeah, I, I almost feel like he's just dropping down the ladder with it now. So I think maybe the blueprint is Edouard up front. And I think we may have decided that. And maybe his goal sort of uh, streak has kind of helped him knowing that he's that guy. So, yeah, it's not looking great for Mateta, but um, I like him. I like it, the way he puts his body about. He's a nuisance. Yeah, good. Okay, well, be interested to see what what comes up in in future games in terms of selection. But but Lucy, um, what were your thoughts on the first half? How we started? Well, it's it's been a complete difference, hasn't it? I think we've had quite a few complaints recently that in the first half, certainly we've kind of been a bit lackluster, a bit slow to mm. the ball, always coming second and giving the ball away. But you know, we came out of the blocks yesterday in in sort of fierce fashion, and uh, and frankly, it was a delight to see. Absolutely. And Jim, would you concur with those thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we spoke about the last away game, the Everton game, where we had like two lightweights who are brilliant players uh, alongside Luca, and we get totally overrun. And it was it was nice. Obviously, we missed the De Curry, but I think the way the shape they had with De Curry and Sloppy sort of sitting in front. 
and uh, probably three guys in front, and Ayu, Elise, and uh, Eze. And, and by playing that system, we didn't have to close them down, you know, high up the park, and they never get a yeah. chance to play. And, uh, well, that's how we got one of the goals, through sort of nicking the ball. But, yeah, I, mm. it was much better. The midfield, we can't play with Eze, Elise, and one midfield player. 4-3-3 formation. So at least that formation, you can swap it about. You know, you can put five across the middle. You can put three up front. But at least you've got two very strong holding midfield players who, who can both play as well. So it's, uh, I thought it was very good. Yeah, good. Excellent. Um, Mitchell, let me come to you then. What about that first big chance that we had with Eze? Before, we, before they scored... Um, it was Nathaniel Klein, I think, that got to the byline and pulled it back for Eze in the penalty box. Uh, do, yeah, do you remember yeah. that, chance? What were your thoughts about that one? Um, the commentator said, you know, he felt he should have hit it first time, but I didn't think there was an opportunity really to mm. do that. So I think his touch was half decent. It's just he kind of scuffed it. Um, but I like the fact that we see him in those positions more and more and more. Uh, and I and I think he's just gonna get better and better. He's been for me like great all season long. Sure, and we can look at the stats a little bit later on. But um, uh, yeah, in fact, Nigel, if you've got the first half stats there, it might be worth having a quick look at those now. Um, that at the time they scored their goal, we had get this seventy five percent possession. I think Jim was right. We, we started like you'll almost remember it from last season where we were pressing so high and with intent and together yeah. uh, in packs that we actually regained possession in the opposition third, which allows us to just bombard them quickly. And that's what we were doing all last season. That's what we've been failing to do this season. And it just it starts to really set the precedent of how we're going to play throughout the game. I think it was excellent. Sure, absolutely. And do you know what... Um, which 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 made the I suppose looking at those stats, which made their goal such a surprise, really. You know, I could not believe what I'd seen when they scored their goal. Um, yeah. Could we have done better on defending that? Do you think, guys? Mitchell? Yeah. Um, if someone looks back at it, I'm not going to say much because I'm done with saying what I need to say. But <laughs> somebody didn't really track. He's got his number mind. nine on his back. He he, he has, I believe. Uh, <laughs> now he saw the danger. He moved towards the player and he didn't do anything. Then when the player got past him a little bit, still just let him just go. And that's what people say he's great at, but I never see him do it really. But it wasn't just him, was it? There were four players around um, Ben Rama, wasn't there? You know, he, no. I mean, God, you can't take it away from the West Ham lad. You know, he did it so well. Corey was slightly behind him, but Decore didn't get to him because he saw that I was on him. So... The thing is, I've watched that five times now to double check I'm, I'm right. And you can't look yeah. past the fact that there was no pressure on Ben Rama even before he got the ball. I saw that he was going to get the ball and move to it, but yeah. he did nothing. Okay. Let, let, we'll, we'll draw a line under that Jordan Ayew um, comment middle for now, if we may. Um, what were your thoughts, Luce, about that? Do you think we should have done better? Uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm, we, we can say that all day, can't we? But yeah. it was a scorching 
goal really and it's just disappointing because all the pressure was ours and you know it we had that momentum I think at that point um Eze had had that sort of dip, lovely dipping um yeah. free kick as well and yeah, you, you sure. just feel that it was all going our way especially having already kind of thought Do you know this is this is how we want to start this is what's going to get everyone uh the sort of momentum and hope and then they go and smash a goal in it's like yeah. just kicking the teeth we were doing yeah. everything right and then it's like out of nowhere yeah. Okay, but Wait, then you've got that. To... Sorry, go on, Lou. Sorry. So I was going to say, but then we've got that confidence, haven't we? If that had happened last season, we would have been like, "Oh, here we go, heads go down." But we know that we can now come back from sort of dropping a goal down, and, and you know that, that panic doesn't always set in now, which is which is fantastic. Absolutely. So twelve points now gained from losing positions most in the Premier League. I am told, Jim, you were a defender at the highest level. You know, were the centre backs at fault at all for the goal? Uh, who was at fault for the goal? Wilfred Zaha. Ah, yeah. Mitchell, okay. Mitchell done brilliant in the left back spot and got brought the ball away from I yeah. don't know who the attacker was, and he hit a really nice straight ball with not great pace into Wilfred, who let the guy whip it off him quick, and the goal come from there very quickly. And very we mentioned good point. before. I've mentioned it before, right? I think we've got a great weakness at holding the ball up up front. Sometimes you don't have to do nothing, just get grip of the ball and then see what happens there. But I just felt, I mean, if like the goal we scored where the, the guy knocked the ball out to one of their players at 100 mile an hour, and yeah. it off them because he couldn't control it. Yeah. But this yeah. Mitchell done really well, nice little ball into Wilf. So Wilf let himself down there because he's a better player than that. And then yeah, you're right. You, you can say, ah, you could have closed it down a little bit. But it happened quite quick. And to be fair, the, it was a great goal by them. Very, yeah. undeserved. Very undeserved. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was completely against the run of play and uh, it lifted them a little bit. But as Lucy's quite rightly pointed out, we, our heads didn't drop. You know, we carried on playing our same game and got our reward. Immediately after that, Dukure had an effort. You know, admittedly, his final shot was more like a back pass. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Schluppi had a go, didn't he, as well? We played a little one-two on the edge of the area, and his shot he got away was slightly better. So we had those chances. You know, we we, we got back into the game. We kept the possession. Uh, and then we got the goal, which, Jim, you've already told us about. But but talk us through that goal again, then, as you saw it, you know, with Eze picking the pocket of the fullback. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think the keeper rolled out to uh, the centre half, and he's he's hammered this ball. Yeah. The guy, I mean, he's on the touchline. I, I think he should have just let it go. <laughs> he's trying to control it, and as he's just said, "Thank you very much," and and taking it off of him. So uh, it was it was a bit it was a bad goal from their point of view, but obviously we will accept anything when we uh, we need to score a goal. And, uh, and it was a, a great finish by Wilf. Mm, I mean, yeah. the same guy that passed it, I think, was it Dawson? Same guy that had passed out to there. Wilf just yeah. sort of brushed, just brushed past him as if he weren't there. But he okay. took the shot so quick that it didn't give the keeper a chance to, to even get a sniff at it. Absolutely, yeah. He still had quite a lot to do, Mitchell, didn't he, Wilf? You know, he wasn't a given, yeah, was I mean, he? From there? He just Harlan Dawson basically bullied him uh and then when he's in when he's in the box he's a fox so you know i mean he hit it about 100 miles an hour but 
Jim, Jim was absolutely bang on. The centre-half absolutely blasted that ball. And I think even in an interview, as I said, I saw he smacked it so hard, I thought I'd just try and get on him. Because yeah, uh, yeah. I thought I'd, he'd struggle to, to control it. And that's exactly what happened. Well, you've got, you got to take advantage of when other teams make mistakes. And I think that's what we did there with the equalising goal. It was and it's all rewards. we deserved, wasn't it? All we deserved. Yeah. We did that because of how close we were getting to players on that day. We were right up their backsides. Yeah. We were in them quick. So as, as he knew, he, he could almost see that he's not going to control this. So he was there like a shot and he's got the ball. Indeed, indeed. So we're going at the break at one all. Lucy? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say uh, the commentator on the radio commentary that I listened to, um, they they gave a stat that I th- it must be Dawson. It was whoever sort of fired that uh, that ball over um, has given away four other goals this season from doing very similar moves. So it, it was good to see us sort of press him uh, and use that sort of uh, that knowledge to try and sort of get that get that goal. Yeah, certainly, absolutely. And, you know, certainly he, he, he came good in the second half, Dawson, because he was the one that blocked Wilf's challenge when Wilf got through uh, and, and was dancing his way through on the edge of the area in the second half. So we get to the break at one all. And as I said, it's all we deserved. And, our, you know, the, the possession it goes half time stats up again. Nice, please. So, you know, we had about 63 percent possession to their you know, 37, if my maths are right. Um, eight shots to their three, four on target, three corners. You know, we completely bossed that game. And um, if we'd gone in behind, it would have been a travesty. Um, into the second half, of course, you know. And we, we just kept, um, you know, we, we, we started where we we, um, we left off the first, really. You know, we just carried on pressing. And there were some marvellous moments. I think Elise and Mitchell combined down the left once early on in the second half. Um, as they had a shot just wide. Um, and then, uh, Mitchell, let me come to you. What about the... Um, the Elise had a sort of a had a practice go, didn't he, for his goal? Yeah, I mean, he he does that quite a lot, and it's it's almost like you can see it before he's about to do it, where it's going to go. Um, exactly the same as Millwall, really. Uh, and you know, it's good he got his eye in. He missed. He knew exactly where it was going to needed to go in the ninety fourth minute. So. Happy days. But, I mean, we just started the same as we started in the first half because we dominated. So, there was nothing to be scared of. Just go out there and, and finish the game now. And what about Will's chance, Jim? The one he went through the middle and he danced his way through. And he, he just seemed to take an extra touch. He could, he could have got his shot way earlier, do you think? Do you reckon or not? Well, no, I think the defender... To be fair, I think the defender done really well there. I mean, yeah. it was... I mean, he what, danced through two or three players and he probably just needed another split second and he could have got his shot away. But, uh, I mean, probably he was about to pull the trigger and the guy just slid in. Uh, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a good challenge. Good challenge. Yeah, sure, sure. And then there was a lovely moment, I thought. Um, uh, Joachim Anderson played a, a long ball uh, over the top to Eze. Jockey Anderson, by the way, the first Crystal Palace player to be confirmed for the World Cup in the Danish squad announced this evening. So congratulations to him. Uh, we're going to be looking for all those Denmark fixtures and putting them in our calendars in the next few weeks. But he played this wonderful ball over the top to Eze, who sort of got beyond his man almost and it was one-on-one and then was sort of bullied off the ball a bit. Um, yeah. Thoughts on that one? Oh, okay. No thoughts. 
Well, uh, what do you think, Lucy? Did you see that? Was it a penalty? Yeah. I, I screamed for a penalty, but uh, maybe I was obviously it wasn't, you know. But yeah, yeah I think I, he just got bullied off a bit. Yeah, I think so. You know, and he and he went down off the pitch, and and um, and he, but he, you know, he was clearly hurt. You know, he did he did catch him, and then he got up and he just carried on. And I think the commentator, the, the extended highlights I watched back, which is probably the same as you listened to, Lucy. Was um, oh, he's carried on. We need to see a bit more of that, you know. So, for fair play to Eze for, for, for that. Um, and then, of course, we come to the penalty. Oh, please. That wasn't. Okay. Initial, initial thoughts when it's given. Jim, what were your thoughts when it was given? Here we are. There's the sniper. <laughs> if it had been like a five foot one eight stone centre forward, I would say, yeah, maybe. Maybe he sort of bullied them, but I mean, he, the guy must be about four, 13 stone, six He's foot. A tank. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, he, he looked, he, it, the thing is, it looked as if he just threw himself down. I mean, it, it, he's not a very good actor, that's for a start. Um, never apparently, never apparently. But it's w- w- worrying moments because you never know what these referees are going to do. Absolutely. So he, he got it wrong to start with. I'm glad that he listened to VAR. We moan about every week, but sometimes they do work for you. Certainly came through for us on this occasion. Um, I don't know about what about Anderson's positioning because he you could criticize him, he was quite high up the pitch and he was beaten for pace, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he, well, he, tried, he tried to nick it if you watch, but he, yeah. he tried to nick it on the outside as opposed to being on the inside, and he he just sort of rolled him and he was away. So, yeah, he was. He, he, he thought he could nick it, I think, in front. But the, the, he's a big, strong lad, and he showed there that he can't. He don't get knocked off the ball easily. Turned, I mean, Anderson's no lightweight, um, which makes his dive all the more sort of sinister when you see the two different things. But yeah, I mean, could have defended better Anderson, but the guy he done quite well the centre forward there. Sure, and and should he have been booked now, Antonio? Well, it's simulation, right? If you if you go back and you look at it and you say it's not a pen, then it's simulation. So why didn't you get a yellow? I don't know. But, of course, you know, we're, we're all holding our breath in the away end and thinking, goodness, you know, because we can't really see it at all from where we were. You yeah. know, you need binoculars at the best of times in that ground. But, you know, you re- we really couldn't see whether it was a penalty or not. But the I mean, long there was a slight on. tug on his shirt. Yeah, but it was very, very slight. There was, he brushed it almost, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and the, the dive yeah. almost felt like it was two seconds later, where you realise you've lost the ball because yes. you overrun it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got a tug. I felt a couple of seconds ago. Let me go down. Yeah, of course we couldn't see that in the away end, so we're all sort of holding our breath, thinking, "Oh my goodness, you know, we bossed this game, and now we're about to go two-one down with ten minutes left." And yet, the longer it went on the more hopeful we become. And then you see the referee walk towards the monitor and you just know what's going to happen. And on the big screen, you know, VAR checking foul. And you think VAR is on our side today. And it was, I think it was Michael Salisbury who was in the middle for the Southampton game that was on VAR. And uh, quite rightly, you know, it was it was overturned. And, and Paul Tierney, apparently, who was the referee, um, Paul Bristow, who's in the chat here. Um, good to see you yesterday, Paul, by the way, in the away end. Um, Paul said to me, he said, apparently we have not lost with Paul Tierney refereeing for over three years. 
who knew that? Good but you know, Paul. some of our friends like Paul know these things. So good on Paul Tierney, and we'll have him again to referee our games. And um, there we are. There, there it is. Never lost an away game in the Premier League with him being the ref. Anyway, he overturns his decision originally on the field. Um, but Antonio did look like he'd been shot when he went down. So we love the graphic. And VAR came to our rescue. So um, we get to the sort of final minutes, don't we? You know, we're into stoppage time. Four minutes go up. Well, Mitchell, talk me through that from their attack to our goal. You know, let, let's 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 unpack it. Let's relive the moment again. So, uh, well, Mitchell, oh, you mean you. the goal? Our goal, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was a pass from Wilf and then a shot and then scored. <laughs> <laughs> I set you up with that one, didn't I? Goodness me. Uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to see the Michael Elise interview. <laughs> um, on, uh, on how he scored his goal. But seriously, you know, from Antonio, it balls over the top to Antonio. He's down there right wing. He outmuscles Mark Gahey. You know, he gets to the byline. He crosses it. And by then, there are West Ham players in the box. But he crosses it. It's like catching practice for Vincente Guita. And um, whereas, you know, you might be thinking, happy with the point away from home, I wind the clock down. Not a bit of it. He throws the ball out to Eze, doesn't he, on the left? As a passes to Wilf, did you notice the way Wilf held back? So Wilf's going forward, and yeah, when he receives the pass, he, he goes back to create space so he can turn, pass out to Elise, and the rest is pure poetry. Absolutely pure poetry. I, I would say, though, the step inside, I've watched that a few times now, is just so good. Like the that little step inside where he brings the ball in, to allow him to kind of get that shot off where he curls to the top corner. Yeah. It, it's just sublime. If you re-watch it and slowly, I mean, I, and he does that a lot with his drag overs and stuff like that. But that's why this is probably one of the best buys we've ever made in five years. I reckon yeah. we're selling him for like over a hundred plus when he goes. You could say ever. Because eight million pounds looks an absolute steal, doesn't it? <laughs> absolute steal. Yeah. I mean, Eze at twelve is a steal. Let's be fair, and Decore yeah. is a steal. Um, sure, 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 sure. Good. So we win the game two one, and absolute limbs in the away end. It was unbelievable. You know, it was just brilliant. Really, really undeserved. Good we finally get one that it actually goes our way. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you know, Good. I've spent all weekend trying to block out sounds of fireworks for me, me elderly cat. I've got classic FM on the go. That that goal goes in and I'm screaming <laughs> and shouting. Oh, it's brilliant. What a moment. Can you not reenact it for us, Lucy? You know, let's pretend the goal hits the back of the net. How does it go? <laughs> no, no one needs brilliant. to hear that. No one needs to hear that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So, um, anything else you want to add on the game, guys? Anything I've missed? Anything we've missed on, on reviewing the game yesterday? Here's the final stats. So, just a great blueprint of how we should play attacking, be brave, uh, impressing the opposition third, get repossessions in that third. And then within three seconds, you're in the box with the players we got. Sure. Yeah, really good. The, the, moved the ball so quickly, didn't we? You know, passed it so very well. 
And, we've uh, also got we, here, um, Ian, a really good stat from Paul saying that win yesterday at West Ham was our 150th win in the Premier League and also our 250th win in the top flight. Stato Paul Bristow. Yeah. Paul Stato Bristow. Brilliant, yeah, mate. Thank, thank this guy is too much. I know, it's very good. Yeah, yeah, very good. Excellent stat. Another stat, actually, interestingly, uh, Wilfred Zaha broke his duck yesterday against West Ham United because before yesterday, he played them seven times in the Premier League and never scored nor assisted uh, before yesterday. So, well done, Wilf. Good. Okay. Well, we've done the game. Um, um, I'm, I'm tired talking about it, thinking about it. You know, it's exhausting watching it. Um, but we, you know, it was just lovely to to see it go our way for once. And um, that away win was our first since April, apparently. And you know, would we would would the bookmakers have given us a chance? Not a bit of it. Let me just take you back to um, one of the predictions that we had. I think if I can find it on my phone, um, here it is. So Paul Merson <laughs> makes a bold claim. West Ham United host Crystal Palace in the Premier League on Sunday afternoon with the Hammers looking to make it seven wins in a row in all competitions. Paul Merson reckons it's an absolute certainty that West Ham will beat Crystal Palace in the Premier League this weekend. Paul Merson. I thought they were talking about Paul Merton when I read that. Not He's Paul still Merson. on the source, isn't he? Oh, dearie me. No, we can't <laughs> say that. But anyway, so Mr Merson, you've got it horribly wrong. Never mind. Better luck next time. OK, so um, let's move on. Um, we've still got two games left before the World Cup break. And the first of those, of course, comes thick and fast on Wednesday evening up in the northeast at St. James's Park. Um, I'll be interested in your views, panel, on, um, on changes we might make to our selection of the first 11 for that visit to Newcastle on Wednesday. So what, what, what changes would you like to see? to our starting 11 on Wednesday, or, or would you not? Jim, let me come to you first. Well, he will definitely change it, purely the fact that he wants to give other people that are knocking on the door games of football. Um, it depends how much he wants or thinks he can get to the latter stages of the, the League Cup. I mean, it's not the hardest cup to, to get to maybe the semi-finals, only a few games, so... Uh, I think he'll put out a fairly strong side, but I'd like to see him maybe give Vlad one or two of the youngsters. I mean, we've got quite a few youngsters sitting on the bench, so maybe sort of throw them in. But then Newcastle are sort of playing out their skin at the moment, so the last thing he'll want to do is get hammered. But Newcastle themselves will surely make changes as well, won't they? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, he's, so. he's got lots of players that he'll change. I, I would think he's looking at the league, top four in the league is something he'll be looking at. I mean, although they've only got one more game in the league, so it's not as if you've got to rest players sort of for a, a heavy couple of months coming up to Christmas. So, yeah, he's definitely going to rest some players. Um, so, people like Luka Milivojevic will start, do you reckon? Um, did all right? Did all right yesterday when he came on, didn't he, Luka? Yeah, I mean... The way I look at this is it's Newcastle. I'm pretty scared of them at the moment. Uh, I think the stadium's going to be bouncing, whatever team they put out. And the way I look at it, I would like to have Mateta, IU, uh, Luca, Joel Ward, 
um, Eboe, uh, let them all play because mm. I feel like Newcastle are going to do us whatever we like, whatever we send up. So I'm quite happy. Let them all play because then it means that Forest Day we're not going to have them play that day. So then we can have Decore, Elise, Eze, Zaha, uh, Klein. So all of those substitute mid, like second rate players, let them play Newcastle EPL, and then we put our, our strongest against Forest. You can't say second rate. You can't say no, 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 not second rate. rate. Second, second first team. Position. Not the preferred yeah. option. Not not first choice when everyone's fit. Okay, That's so right. you're, you're saying the like of Luka Milivojevic will start. You're yeah, saying... So, like, Decore is our choice option instead yeah. of Luca. Like, yeah. I mean, like that. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I think Luca did well when he came on yesterday. I think he played really well. I think he's played every every game he's done all right, actually. Hughes in the, in the comments. I forgot about him. I don't know why he never gets to play. Oh, I yeah, love Hughes. Hughes I love Hughes. Yeah, I do. Scrappy little terrier. Busy. And he's a baller, though. He yeah, on ankles. Ball. Yeah. Okay, so Will Hughes as well. Um, I think, yeah, good to see Joel Will get a rest yesterday, but Kleine did well at right back. I so I think Will will always. play in this one. Um, what about goalkeeper? We think Sam Johnson will come in? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I agree with you. He's got to change the keeper, give somebody another game. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah, I think so. Um, and what about Mateta? Mateta will start up top. Yeah, I think so, after he's not really got much time. But Eboe is the one who better start because I've got I feel so bad for that kid. He looks outstanding. And again, another appearance of the 21s. He hardly ever he doesn't play for them, but he was unreal in that game. Yeah, and the under 21s he scored a good goal um the other week I saw. Um oh, yeah. yeah, was it Arsenal, the Arsenal game? Yeah, but he dominated that yeah. game. You should have seen him. Yeah, he came off the bench at Everton. Uh, all right, we're losing 2 0 or 3 0 at the time, so not the best of cameos. But I think I would agree with you. I think Malcolm Ed, Ed Bowie would, would do well to get a start up at Newcastle. Um, yeah, okay, good. Well, we got there with, with high hopes, and um, I think the Northeast contingent said, Give us a wave if you're going up. So if you're going up to Newcastle, <clears throat> you know, do, um, do put it in the chat. And uh, Nigel will make you very welcome. Nigel will buy your beer, he said, if he sees you in the away end. Is that right, Nigel? Yeah, I think that was what he said. Um, good. Okay. So um, let's move on, if we may. Don't forget to put your quick fire questions for Jim in the chat. We'll come to those uh, shortly. Uh, and we'll um, we'll quiz Jim about some of uh, his career uh, as, um, as our leading appearance uh, holder at Selhurst Park at Crystal Palace. Um, okay, so let's come on to some of our competitions, Nige, if we can. We've got a few things going on at the moment. We've got a Super Six, which I think you're doing rather well at, Producer Nige. Look at that. Nigel Crouch at top with 200 points. Oh, there I am in sixth place. Um, who else is on this show that's on there? Tom Samuel, your name is there. Chloe Johnson, your name is there. A few others that are regulars on here. So well done if you're taking part in that. And Nigel, um, so you're, you're sort of odds-on favourite for the World Cup Predictor League. So we've got the World Cup Predictor League coming up. If you haven't joined in with this yet, there's still a chance to do so. There we go. You need to email redandbluereviewoutlook.com if you're interested in joining. 
<coughs> excuse me, and uh, Mr. Lyons will get back to you. He'll take 20 English pounds off you, which is your entrance fee. But these are the prize pots so far. Of course, the more people that join in, um, the higher those prize pots will be. So if you win the group stages or the knockout stages, you get your money back, basically, with six quid. And then there's prizes for first, second and third. So um, everyone else on this show tonight in it? So Mittel, you got your team in? Uh, I haven't even looked. This is the first I've heard about it. Oh, you need to do that, Mittel. You need to get your team in. What about you, Lucy? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in. I'm paid You're up. You're in, are you? That's good, yeah. Jim, you in? I'm the Scotsman. I don't care about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. But but if you want to join in, you can, of course, you know. Um, other competitions are available, but uh, we'll have a bit of fun during the World Cup. Otherwise, you know, when you're watching, I don't know, Ghana versus Denmark, apart from the fact we've got two players in it, it's not much, you've got to have some interest, haven't you? You know, that sort of thing. Okay. And then we've also got a Super 6 going on. Oh, we've done the Super 6, haven't we? Sorry, what am I talking about? This is Fantasy Premier League. This is our mini league. Now, there are 145 teams in this mini league. And well done to Andrew Harvey, who is top with 916 points, I think that says. I think that puts him 44,000th in the world out of 10.5 million. And his team, funny enough, is the same as mine, except I've got an exclamation mark. Easy come, easy go. And uh, well done if you're in the top 10 there. Um, I'm about 60th or 70th in that mini league. So I've got some catching up to do. And um, I need to um, pull my finger out after the World Cup break on FPL. So um, before we get into uh, talking about those quickfire questions for Jim, I just want to talk about the other team's games that are coming up, all right? So we talked about their fixtures earlier um, over the last weekend. So next up for the women on Sunday, the 20th of November, they play in the Women's Championship, and this is at Selhurst Park. They play uh, Neighbours Charlton Athletic in that Women's Championship. So it's a two o'clock kickoff. Get yourself down there. You'll be needing a football fix by then. Um, the other 21s, they next play on Monday the 14th of November. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff in the Premier League 2 Cup. Uh, Sheffield United um, away at Bramall Lane under the lights. And then the under-18s, next up for them, is also on Saturday 19th of November, 11am, a Premier League home game against uh, Norwich City. Sorry, an away game against Norwich City. So they're the next games for our other teams coming up. Um, Jim, quick fire questions. What have we got, Lucy, for Jim? Quick fire questions. Okay, a cracker here from Teresa. Jim, what's your favourite fan chant? <laughs> the one when we score a goal. <laughs> so anyone following a goal. Fantastic. Good stuff. Okay. Um, question for Jim from John Knox, the super John Knox. Um Who's your favourite player that you've played with uh, and your favourite manager that you've played under and why? So not really a quick question, that one. Uh, well, favourite manager would be Terry Venables. I know I know a lot of Palace fans don't like the man, but uh, when, he, when he took over up to the so-called team of the 80s, he was brilliant. So, And probably every club in the country wanted him as manager. So he was uh, he, he was exceptional. Uh, was there a, guy, like a buzz? Yeah, great guy to work for. He was a funny guy, very great ideas. 
Um, and just, a, in my opinion, an all-round good guy. Um, and player, I suppose I've got to pick the player I, I, I like playing with was Billy Gilbert. He was my centre-half partner. We played quite a lot after Ian Evans had that terrible leg break against Fulham. Um, and also, I've got to say, Kenny Sampson, uh, uh, probably one of the best left, back, left backs this country's ever produced. So, yeah, there's two for you. Oh, thank you, Jim. Can I come in, Lucy, there and ask a supplementary one about Kenny Sampson, Jim? Do you still see Kenny? And, and if so, how's he doing? Uh, I saw him a few weeks ago. He was up the club. Yeah, he's he's all right. He's he obviously we all know his problems. He had that bad head injury when he was uh, down in Exeter, and ended up in hospital, which has done him no favours at all. But he's he's getting a bit better. But he's he will never be the same as what he was a few years ago. Um, obviously, the drink didn't uh, help him as well. So. Uh, he's he's always smiling and he's always got a twinkle in his eye. Uh, you never know sometimes how coherent he is and if he actually knows sometimes. He always knows me because he always says, Jim. But, uh, yeah, lovely guy as well. Love One of the nicest guys you could ever meet. Good. Well, we wish him well. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it was sad to hear his story, but it's good to hear him doing well. Um, when he's um, representing the club and things. So so thanks for that. Uh, Lucy, back to you. Cool. Okay, so Jim, a question from Paul Bristow. So have you ever missed a game because you're driving a, a rail replacement bus, which I think is a slight dig at Nick's. Uh, Nick's not been around tonight. <laughs> so uh, back to Theresa Baker. What do, Jim, what do you think about bringing uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka back to Palace? Um, well, obviously, he's, he's, I think he'd be, he would be good and or much better player under um, Patrick Vieira yeah, uh, yeah. because he seems to have improved. I mean, he certainly improved Wilfred Zaha. Um, so, yeah, why not? You know, I, I was a bit disappointed watching him playing at United, whether he was a bit overawed by it all. But I just felt I, I wanted him to do more because, I mean, he's, he's, an, he's he was a winger. And the one thing I would say that he lacks is the ability to push forward like a lot of fullbacks do in the Premier League now. That's that's what they're there for now. You know, the defending is almost like the second part of the game. And fullbacks are like wingers these days. So Oh. Oh. Is he gone? Yeah. Much better. Mitchell, did you want to come in? Yeah, just saying on one Bissaka. So I, I I'm like Jim, where offensively is where he's struggled, which is why I think United have decided to ditch him. But I almost feel because Tyreek's getting really good at being offensive and down that flank with Zaha, I, you know, Wan-Bissaka was, when he played, was without question one of the best one-on-one -on -one defenders. Like, defending is what he does. Getting that spider leg in last minute and just stealing it away. One-on-one, -on -one, he's excellent. So it kind of almost leaves us with a position where you can have him and he becomes part of like that back three and let Tyreek go. And you know he's solid, which is the bit we struggle on down the right side defensively. So I kind of feel like it fits. And then you put Vieira in there to actually develop him over a bit of time to be a little bit more confident in his passing and moving forward. Then we've got a steal again. 
And yeah. now he's a, he's a he's a low confidence player. He's had it ripped out of him. He just needs someone to put an arm around him and get him back to where he was. Yeah, I think we'd all all agree with that, Mitchell, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, you can't question the business we did. You know, fifty million. For him <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. You know, unbelievable. It's like the Zaha all over again. Let's have it. Yeah, sort of. Okay, sorry, we've we've hijacked Jim's quickfire bit. <laughs> okay, so um, a question from Tim Richards, who you met last week, Jim. Um, when you retired, did you consider going into management? Uh, I did. Well, I played when I retired. I played non-league for about four or five seasons. I ended up at I was at Bell, well, I ended up at Belly Chandler as player manager and then manager. Um, yeah. You know, it was slightly different in them days. You know, like nowadays, like there's so much money involved. Uh, but I'd always, I'd always had um, not ambitions, but I love the building trade. I love working my hands, and I, I, I watch and I listen, and uh, I'm quite good at everything, master and none. But I'm quite good, and uh, so I started a building company. And I was fortunate. I had a few friends that um, were surveyors and architects, and uh, I ended up doing it for thirty odd years. So I had a flirt with the non-league with Dulwich Hamlet, and got in promotion. We had to share with Tottenham Mitcham for one year, and that was the year we got promoted. Went to the new ground, and then the chairman cut my money because he didn't realise that. They had to pay five hundred pound a week rates for for the new stadium. They hadn't they hadn't put it in their budget. <laughs> so but like, but yeah, no, touch turns to gold, Jim. <laughs> so College, anyway. non league management, building yeah. companies, everything you touch turns to gold. Yeah, I wish I wish it literally did, but it hasn't. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jim, this is a question from Paul Holden, and this was something I was going to ask. Actually, did you have any sort of unusual rituals that you you had to do before a game, or you know, was there a certain way you had to drive to Sellers Park? Or <laughs> no, I was probably my ritual was I'd probably still be sitting uh, on one of the benches in the dressing room at twenty three, reading the paper. <laughs> one of the players would say to me, "You're getting changed." <laughs> and uh, I would get changed and I would do a couple of stretches in the dressing room and go out, grab the ball and go out. So, no, I didn't have any rituals whatsoever. I was very boring. I didn't have any rituals at all. So Imagine your ritual was no rituals. And that's why I think I never ever had any real injuries. No hamstring injuries, no tears, no pulls, because I didn't warm up. I kept myself <laughs> in the minutes. <laughs> Definitely, that definitely that's the reason. Um, so um, also, where have we got? Okay, so going back to um, sort of Terry Venables, um, this is from Mark Callahan. Jim, was it true if Venners went to Arsenal, would you have been tempted to perhaps go with him? Um, well, he did ask me to go to Queen's Park Rangers with him, um, and the reason I refused is because they were on the AstroTurf at the time. And I played there quite a few times and it was just the worst AstroTurf going. So I said no. Arsenal might have been a bit of a different one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might have had to think a bit harder about that one. I dare say I probably would have gone. Yeah, I mean, why not? Brilliant. So um, 
Jim, do you like how, the way uh, football has developed sort of in the past sort of 25, 30 years? Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, a much better... When you look at everything in the game, I mean, you've only got to look at a bench now. There's about 30 people on the bench, 10 players and 20 staff, and they're yeah. all fitness and logistics and mental it's health, scary, everything. Yeah. So, I mean, the game's obviously... A lot better. I mean, when you look at the pictures, every, everything's different. There's obviously a lot of money in football now. It's more run as a business. So, is the, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of things much better than when I played. Uh, there's also uh, a question from Lindsay Dawn with regards to perhaps uh, supporting one of the Palace disabled disabled association uh charity social so we'll sort of maybe put you in contact after after this yeah. so uh, we'll do that Lindsay. thank you um also who are your top three obviously you can't name yourself jim but you'd all be in our top three who are your top three palace players of all time top three of all time um i'd probably go for don rogers uh you would probably have to put ian wright in there and well, I'm only looking at the players that from back a few years, but Wilfred would be probably number one there. So yeah. <laughs> okay. I was going to say I was going to say Kenny Sampson, but I'll go with Wilfred. I, I don't want me to get upset if you ever speak. That to makes him. it happy, Jim. That <laughs> makes it happy. <laughs> okay. What was there a ground? that you would find particularly hostile, that you would think, oh, got to go there. I hate it. Well, the, the the best ground that I played at for hostility was, well, there was two. There was Leeds United, Ellen Road, or mm. Millwall. <laughs> I, loved, I loved playing at the old Millwall. It was out of this world because the fans were right oh, on yeah. you. And, uh, and, of course... Lots of times we go there and beat them. So they were all the old dockers, and like their 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 choice words were very choice. So yeah, and Leeds Leeds was very hostile, but you know when you're doing well, you don't mind. You know if you're having a good game there, but uh, yeah, they're they're I don't think they're nice fans at Leeds United, but big game, big gate, big gate. It was always nice to go and play there. Good stuff. Jim, another question here from Lee Clark. Do you still see Billy Gilbert? Uh, unfortunately, the last time I saw Billy was at Paul Hinsewood's funeral, but I don't really see him. I, I see him in a in a blue moon, and that's it. He's, I think he's still down in Portsmouth. So, you know, and, unless he comes up to Palace, I, I certainly wouldn't go down to Portsmouth. He might want to come and see a Premier Club. So, can I just interrupt there? Because you yeah, mentioned sure. the bus, right? You yeah. mentioned the, the bus. When I got picked for the Scotland squad, squad in 1981, whatever it is, it was uh, at Hamden Park in the European Championship. Uh, I think we were playing Denmark. But on the we had to meet there on the Monday. Um, on the Saturday, we played Liverpool away. And my brother come down with about 30 of his mates on a coach. And he said to me, don't worry about booking sort of transport back home. Come back with us on the bus. 
So there's me heading off to meet the rest of the Scotland squad. Stopped 35 times at different pubs from Anfield to Glasgow. <laughs> and I kept saying to my brother, you've got to get me home, mate. I've got to do it. So anyway, I thought you'd throw that in. <laughs> Not good preparation. Did you, did you play the Scotland that time? No, I was sub. And that was it. That was my, that was my last. I think Jock Steen must have found out about the bus trip. Is that the right? Jolly Boys outing. <laughs> what a story. What a story. Okay. Have we got any more, Lucy? Um, yeah, maybe it's sort of just one sort of final sort of wrap-up. And sorry if we didn't get to your question this evening. Jim, can you see anybody beating your appearance record anytime soon? Well, the only one I would say was Wilfred. Was he played 440 games or something? Unfortunately, he's a winger. And no doubt over the next, not the next couple of years, but a couple of years beyond that, he'll uh, lose a bit of pace. He'll probably have a few injuries. So I think he'd have to play six years consistent. I mean, and they don't play. He might not be there at the end of the season. Um, yeah. That's a big, big if, isn't it, at the moment? Nobody's so. beating you, Jim, ever. <laughs> uh, Jim, I think Mitchell's one of your number one fans. Um, but look, let's just get, let's just get that um, table up again, Nigel, if we can, please. Um, let's have a look at that again. So Jim is top of this league. Um, of Palace appearances, 663. The one I looked at says 660. So there's some discrepancy there, Jim, but maybe you can help us out with that one in a minute. Um, 34 goals, look. Uh, second, Terry Long, 480. Wilf up to third. Just this last couple of weeks has um, gone past that good old Albert Harry um, from 1921 to 1934. <laughs> And Julian Sproni in fifth there. And the great John Jackson in sixth place now. So, you know, some fantastic names on that list. And um, it's, uh, Jim, I don't, I don't, listen, I don't think anyone will beat that record. So I think, I think it's safely yours, mate. Safely yours. Um, I guess you could have argued that if Wilf hadn't gone to Man United and played every single match, he might be getting a bit closer now. But I don't think it'll happen somehow. And of course, you know, Wilf is a free agent at the end of this season. You know, what are our thoughts? I think the club are working hard behind the scenes to get him a new deal. I would imagine they are. Um, but what are your thoughts about Wilf going forward, if we can move on? Do you think it would be good for him to go to a European club? Can you see him go to another English Premier League club? What are your thoughts? Let me come to Mitchell first. I don't... I... I've always said it. He's the GOAT. Uh, I'll never have a bad word to say about him. And I actually feel like he deserves it at the highest level. So if a big club comes in and he gets to play in Europe, I don't begrudge him that at all. But let's be clear, if there is any chance on God's earth, he will re-sign. That's all I want in life. Yes. However, I feel like he deserves to play at the very highest level, because he is that good. Yeah, OK. Jim, your thoughts on Wilf in that respect? Well, he can certainly play uh, at a higher level. Um, the, the the stumbling block I see is that his value at the moment, probably last year you would have said from 70 million gone down to about 30 million, but 
the way he's playing mm-hmm. and the way he's scoring goals, that could be a back up towards 40, 50 million. He can get that in his pocket mm-hmm. by walking out of Palace. Because if a club wants to buy him, they don't have to buy him. That's it. He just walks, and he'll say, well, my value is 40 million. I want 40 million. I, I, I don't think he. I don't think he'll walk away from Palace uh, necessarily. Um, but we've, we've got an interview, haven't we? We've got a clip, Nigel. Do, do you want to show that? Because we we work. These things like my my contract's up. When my contract's up, I'm a crucified player, and the only thing I'm focused on is just doing well for the club. That's it. I take every day as it comes. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, so I can't sit here and say, oh yeah, this is my plan for this and no, like I, I'm, I'm only fixated on what I'm going to do tomorrow in training and then what I'm going to do on Sunday so yeah, I'm I'm very devoted to Palace and that's what I'm thinking about Here we go, brilliant Well said, Will So devoted to Palace, he can't think about the future, just the next game and yeah, I, I think what you get with Will is, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve a bit and um, you know, if he says something, he means it you know, he, he won't say that just for the cameras, for sure. So, uh, so yeah. Um, and who knows? I know my red and blue tinted specs are on tonight and we've just won 2-1 away at West Ham United. But why couldn't it? Why couldn't we? Uh, why couldn't Wilf play in Europe with Crystal Palace uh, in the Europa League or the Europa Conference League? You know, it's not beyond the realms, is it? You know, it might be slightly, um, you know, fancy land, but who, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but okay. you say, well, can I just come in? You, you saying that, I mean, every year we always say, get your Christmas, get 20 points. So we're two months away from Christmas. We've got 19 points going into the next away game, probably going to end up with 22 points. So why can't we get in that top eight? Yeah. There's, I'll tell you what, we, we, uh, you should never underestimate Crystal Palace, especially like, I think you'd already, Mitch, you already uh, uh, say that. Like this team that he put out the other day could beat most teams in the Premier League if they play like that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, I said walking out of the game yesterday, if we play like that at Forest, we'll win that game. You know, doubt, mm-hmm. No doubt about it. We've got to play like that, little. Oh, I yeah. just want to remind, just because we were gutted that our next home game is like December the 26th. Uh, we've got a we've got a friendly against Botafogo, and there were rumours of Mateus Nascimento, their like superstar Brazilian like striker, being like coming over to us on loan because obviously Texter owns Botafogo, so we actually might be able to get to see him play at Sellers Park. Who knows? Yeah, so he's not in the Brazil squad, this lad. No, no, he's he's young, 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 but he's like Real's Real's. Benzema replacement that they're going to go for, but I think we can steal him for a little season. Yeah, who knows? Well, thanks for that insight. I didn't know that. So, yeah, of course, the Botafogo friendly is Saturday, the 3rd of December, and a 12.30 kickoff at Sellers Park, I believe. Now, uh, a few weeks ago, we had some predictions, if you remember. Uh, We had six games left in the Premier League, uh, 18 points up for grabs, and we asked you, um, Red and Blue review viewers, um, how many points do you think we would get in those six games? Um, I have here, um, of course, we've got 10 points from those games so far. 
having won uh, yesterday. Um, we beat Southampton, uh, we beat Wolves, and we drew with Leicester, giving us our 10 points, lost to Everton. We've got Forest still to come. Um, my own prediction, guys, was 11 points. So if we draw at Forest, I hope I'm wrong. A bit like your one-all prediction, Jim. You know, you're happy to be wrong. So if we draw at Forest, I'm bang on the money, um, along with um, Bruce at the DSA uh, and Nigel. Uh, Chloe, you're out of it. You said eight points. Um, Lindsay at DSA, you said 11 points as well. John Knox, you said 12 points. You can't be right, mate. It's either 11 or 13 or 10 is the final outcome. Um, what else we got? Tim said 10. Um, David said 9. Uh, Joan said 9. Um, uh, there's a few others here. I'm not going to read them all out. But um, we didn't have any prediction from Nick Philpott. Oh. There you Typical. go. So let's finish the show with our predictions for the next two games. We've got Newcastle away in the third round of the Carabao Cup on Wednesday. We've got Forest away in the Premier League. Stick your predictions in the chat. Go. And we'll come to our panel for their views now. So I'm going to do ladies first. So, Lucy, I'm coming to you <clears throat> for your predictions for these two games. I think we will lose against Newcastle, which I'm not going to be too sad about. Don't really care about that cup. Um, and I think we will beat uh, Forest 2 0. 2 0. Okay. And the Newcastle result? 2 uh, 1. 2 1. Okay. 2 1 reverse and a 2 0 win. Jim? Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll probably lose. No, I'm going to stick me in there, Kate. We're going to beat Newcastle 2 1 because they won't power a team. And we're going to beat Nottingham Forest 2-0. Oh, yeah. Loving it. Okay, excellent. Mittal Patel, what about you? Uh, I think we lose to... Oh, sorry, just dropped something on my foot. Um, <laughs> I think we lose 2-0 uh, at Newcastle, and I think we win 3-1 at Forest. Okay. I'm going for... Um, I'm going for a win at Newcastle on penalties. Um, one all and a win on penalties. Uh, that'd be entertaining, wouldn't it, from the uh, the gods up there? And then I think, yeah, 2-1 win at the City Ground on Saturday. Okay, guys, oh, well, look. Mitchell. Quickly, while we're talking about that, I forgot. I think we should see John Kamani Gordon play in that cup game because he's sitting second in the top goal-scorer league of the Premier League too, and he has been on our bench but not come on, so it'd be actually quite nice to see him. Yeah, well, okay, good. Thanks for getting that in. Excellent. Right. So um, that's it for another show, guys. We'll be back again next Sunday at 8pm after the Forest game for our final Red and Blue review of the uh, of the year, of 2022. So thank you to Mitchell Patel, Jim Cannon, Lucy Astro, and from me, Ian Noble. It's good night, and thank you for joining us, everyone. Good night. Up the palace. Up the palace. Up the palace.